Okay. <laughs> Welcome everyone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to another installment of Sacred Sister Space, your virtual rendezvous spot for your weekly dose of all things girl talk, where we talk topics that are true, trending, and even some that are taboo. We invite everyone to speak their truth, and it's always no judgment, but just love. Tonight, we are talking about the topic of co-parenting. Um, some, that's their truth. It's a topic that's trending now on social media, and it may even be a taboo topic for some. Um, I have my sacred sister with me, April Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. She is joining us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, April. Yeah, no um, problem. And uh, she is a poet, a parent, a professor, a philanthropic heart, and an overall good person. And um, she's going to give us her uh, her rendition of what co-parenting is, her version of it, her truth, and even some testimonies from other people because this is a topic that uh, so many people are affected by. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so let's just jump right into it. So, April, what is your thoughts on um, co-parenting? How do you define it? Um, so defining it, I guess, well, the, the first thought is that it's necessary. Um, whether you are together as a couple or whether you are not together as a couple, but just raising, mutually raising a child, co-parenting is um, definitely necessary. I guess the definition that I'd use for it uh, would be the agreement between um, two parents of a child, however that may be, biological, adopted parents, et cetera, uh, guardians, um, in agreement to mutually take on the responsibility of rearing a child, raising a child um, in whatever capacity both agree is fair, both would agree is fair for them. I think that probably sounds really technical, but I mean, that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I think at the base of it, that's just what, how I see it. Okay. So you said, um, take on the responsibility of caring for a child, rearing a child in the capacity that is fair for them. Mm-hmm. So is that something, does that mean that it's possible that uh, one parent could be doing more than the other? It's possible. I mean, because I guess I would imagine, or I've even had the thought that if you have a parent that's incarcerated, they can still co-parent. Mm. Um, and just by the situation at hand they obviously are going to be limited in how much they can participate in the parenting mm-hmm. um, but they can still agree and whatever they can do and I, I mean this you know maybe um, from whatever lecturing or knowing the the knowing what's going on with the child talking to the child as far as you know their progress in school or whatever that may be so um yeah so it is it is very possible and then other reasons a parent that might be disabled or so on and so forth but uh, Mm -hmm. that's why I said for what's fair for them 
Mm -hmm. So (laughs) this term fair, because I think a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, frustrations, a lot of people that have shared with me, their frustrations is because usually um, even in and and it's so interesting that you said co-parenting is necessary um, when parents are together, because I, I think that the assumption is that when parents are together, that they're just doing a great job of both being on equal planes of caring for a child but I think in in you making this definition it's clear that that may not always be the case Um, and this whole thing of fairness um I want to go back to the term capacity because I I realized even for me, from my own experience um, with co-parenting with my children's father is their capacity what they're capable of doing what their Mm -hmm. understanding of is is not the same level as mine and realizing Mm -hmm. that kind of helped me to put less expectations on a situation Mm -hmm. causing me to have less disappointment Mm -hmm. so uh, should I is it fair um, to expect that um, both parents are going to give they're all 100% or is it fair to to expect both parents to be able to uh, parent at the same level meaning when it comes to open school night when it comes to mm. you know just engaging with parents when it comes to finances even when it comes to time when it comes to time management mm-hmm. are both parents expected to be on the same level I mean <laughs> In an ideal world, I think you know um, the not even just not even not even not even using the word expectation, but I think on in an ideal world we'd have the ability mm-hmm. to meet that meet that idea those expectations of um, doing something like that at the same level. But to be honest, I mean, at base of it, obviously we're all humans. We're not. We don't. We don't do things perfectly right that I think that's just a feature of humanity right um and recognizing it when you're raising a child is very important because you know you have the 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 burden so to speak of being a parent but then also you know parents have the ideal of oh I'm going to be the best parent and everything I do is going to be amazing um (laughs) or my my child is great you know that sort of thing but it's not reality right um so I I I I would want to think that with with co-parenting, not that I would want to think, but I I feel like the way that I use co-parenting, or I've had I've had to use it, is to to allow um, my son's father to be the best that he needs to be for his son, mm-hmm. right? Not not for me, you know. There are certain things that are that I I don't need to be um, considered, told maybe or whatever, but not you know what's going to make me happy. It's about mm-hmm. what he needs to do for his son. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think I, I, it's such a, this is honestly a difficult conversation because I know that a lot of times people, emotions go into this on both sides, mm-hmm. you know, people he, hear a certain perspective on it and they, they may take offense or, or get defensive because they feel like, you know, it might be about them. But, um, I definitely think that, uh, there needs to be, well, patience in it, which I love to start with in any regard, because I love to talk about love and, you know, love is patient first mm-hmm. of all, you know, you love your child, you love parenting. So then you lead it with patience, the patience for the other person to meet you there. And I, even that statement, I think, oh, my gosh, for some people that looks unrealistic mm-hmm. because they've gone through it, they've been to hell and back in that regard. But, you know, in looking forward 
to relationships working out for the better. Yes, patience is, I think, the best way to lead in making decisions, in reacting, um, in, um, you know, choosing certain things, like make sure it's being done for the, the best of the child, out of that, that love for, um, for the group, so to speak. Yeah, so love, <laughs> love, that's a very, um, very <laughs> interesting thing. No, because especially when you were once in love with the person. So, so let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's take away the, the, um, the definition and take out the parents that are together. Because I think right. as you know, the parents that are together, it's easier for them to communicate their needs and expectations, because there's just a, a level of respect for the other person's opinions, feelings yeah, and stuff when you're in a relationship when you're mm-hmm. no longer in a relationship um there's it's pain it's sometimes it's painful um sometimes yeah. you know parents yeah, some, <laughs> sometimes you know two people came together and once we're in love and you know now they're no longer in love with each other and they mm-hmm. still have this beautiful person or people that they've made right. that they are responsible to um and so when you have emotions such as strong as love and, um, you know, for the other person or, or now that becomes even, I don't want to say hate, but at some point, maybe you might be so enraged um, that you may be blinded by the fact that your love for your child or children should supersede that. So how do you, what do you tell someone who is, just newly separated but yet and still they have a child and it doesn't matter if their child is six months or if their child is 16 um they're newly separated and they have to navigate now figuring out what happens next the 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 one person has left the household and now the child has to go back and forth from one house to the other what do you tell that person how do you tell that person um to navigate through their journey um, I guess I don't think there is one answer mm-hmm. necessarily uh, as far as like what to do next. I mean, and I, I hate to sound redundant, but I'll say again that the first thing you must be is is patient with the situation because mm-hmm. our emotions do not necessarily work on a clock. They won't sit there and say, okay, I, I'm going to cry in 30 seconds. You know, you'll you'll be upset now. You'll be angry now. You'll lash out now, or you'll you want to be spiteful now, or whatever the case may be. Um, I do think whatever stage you're at, however many children, the first thing is the patience. The what can you do so that you um, are not um, you're not acting out in the situation? And I mean, perhaps you need to find the space to do that. Perhaps you do need to go somewhere and scream or vent or, you know, run or exercise or talk to someone or, you know, how can you move forward? Because at the end of the day, you'd want to raise your child carefully, correct? In the sense of like, you know, you, you, as parents, we want to be methodical with how we're parenting our children. So why not continue in, um, the ending of a relationship and knowing that the child is going to have to be right in the middle of, you know, going back and forth between mom and dad um, or mutual pickup spots and, and all of those things, it, it is going to be painful. And, you know, you mentioned the pain, the pain is, is definite. And it, it almost makes moving forward 
with the regular, the, the daily rigmarole almost makes it seem impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's, it's to have the patience and know that eventually things will be okay. Um, not to not to put your words foot forward, not to make those, and you you'll pay the consequences. Obviously, every time there's really there's there's no way around that. Like, sure, if you want to be angry, then go ahead and be angry and see how that works out. Yeah. Um, but if you want to find your peace, if you want your children to to find peace with the situation, then there are uh, better ways to go about it. For sure. So whether you know whatever you know, separation, divorce, or um, uh, babies, toddlers, or teenagers. That to me, it's it's take your time first. Take your time. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, I can definitely say that time is um definitely a factor in how things will evolve. Um, as someone who went through a point where I was very angry um, that the relationship ended, I did very much have expectations that I should be included in every thought or decision. Um, as the uh, as the mother, I, I was very much egocentric. I was very much, you know, you should include me or, you know, you know that this is something that I don't like or I don't approve of. But then I had to realize that um, even though it's not something that I wouldn't approve of, is it still going to be something that benefits my child or my children Mm -hmm. in this moment? You know, and I can't take away from the fact that, you know, my, my kid's father, his parenting style is different but it's still effective in the way that my kids have a great relationship with him. And, and, you know, he's very active and very involved and invested in, in the way that he can be. Um, And so had I, there are times when I've gotten it wrong. There are times when I have possibly, um, you know, handled the situation wrong, but I think that, you know, the, I'm grateful that uh, I took the time to heal and I really had to step back and really swallow my pride. I really, really Mm -hmm. had to let go of wanting to be right, let Mm -hmm. go of wanting to, um, to be justified for my feelings to be validated. And, um, you know, and that was really hard because it's like, you know, there's so much pain in the reason why our relationship came to an end Mm -hmm. Um, and having to, move away from expecting my ex to recognize and reconcile the damage that was done between us to move from him seeing him as now the father of my children whose first and first and foremost um and main priority is making sure that the children are okay i was no longer a priority i'm no longer a factor even sometimes in the things that he does i'm not a factor Mm -hmm. and it was like how dare he move forward? <laughs> How dare he move forward? And then it got to a point where it was like, wow, you know, um, he's moving forward in the right way and I need to mm-hmm. kind of catch up. <clears throat> and so it was, it, was, it was hard. It was hard to admit that I needed to catch up to where he was because he was trying to focus on what was more important. But mm-hmm. when I got there, I was like, aha, 
okay, now we can get there. <laughs> now we can move forward. Right. Um, but um, but it, t- it took a lot. And so, you know, I, I shared that to say that there, I'm, I know that there are a lot of assumptions when it comes to co-parenting that, yeah. um, especially when the mother is the custodial parent, um, mm-hmm. that it's usually the father that's the problem or mm-hmm. the father has an issue with things changing, you know, and so for me to admit like no it wasn't the father that had the issue it was me as the mom you know and I think that um a lot of people it's okay to say that it's okay to say that me and my humanness I got it wrong at first yeah um yeah and I am gonna and and I might still continue to make mistakes because I am human right um but the focus is my children and I'll say this the beauty of uh, co-parenting and the journey that I'm on is my kids are old enough now where I can have those honest conversations with them. Yes. And I asked them, you know, I had a conversation with my son. My son is 12. And I asked him the other day, I was like, what do you, what do you know of co-parenting? What do you, what does that mean to you? And he was like the cooperation between two parents. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, uh, and I'm like, you know, that's so simple of a definition, but truly like right. the cooperation exactly between two parents and and so I asked him I said you know uh do you feel like your father and I understand what that means um and he said yeah and I said why do you think that and he said because it doesn't matter what you guys have gone through you guys still focus on us and Um, that's exactly what it is I think uh one of the I guess long-term goals for me or one of the things that I held to is what the co-parenting between my son's father and I does for my son as he grows as he becomes an adult you know like we think about um uh our generations going forward and these cycles that honestly need to be broken in in the community as well as just uh in families um of recognizing the roles that we play and 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 what is possible in our relationships so that there aren't these these breakdowns or even when there is a breakdown that it isn't a tragic one or a traumatic one mm. um to make sure that we recognize how significant our actions are um our emotions are our actions based on our emotions in our relationships whatever those relationships might even be I mean, not necessarily just, you know, romantic, but I think, I would like to think that my son has learned some social and emotional responsibility from watching his father and I co-parent. And I, and I see it in him. I see it exhibited in him. Um, You know, even though, you know, he's still a teenager and he does teenage stuff and all of that, but still... Uh, separate from that just in in also in having conversations with him and letting him know you know what's going on um it uh it's very it's very relevant what we're doing the example that we're setting for Mm -hmm. them and you know some people are like well you know you you glorify you know ending marriages and all of those things it's not it's I don't think it's a glorification of uh, single parenthood or you know um, uh, not working on relationships I think it, it is a way to get back to respecting relationships I think mm. that there's you know been a social conversation that doesn't uphold um, 
the agreement that people make to build these families. And it's very relevant, you know, that our families be, be healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who parents are, how they are in raising their children, whether they are just one parent because another parent is deceased, or there are two parents who are separated or together, just what is it that we're doing for the next generation? You know, and co-parenting is a huge, huge opportunity when parents are separated. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's very, very poignant what you said in terms of healthy, um, healthy families, because I think, you know, a lot of the conversations have been around um, keeping families together, but not focusing that you that it's not healthy. It's not healthy healthy to force two people to stay together because they created a life together, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and. And because they've created a child doesn't necessarily mean that them together is the healthiest, you know, form of family that the child deserves to see. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, and um, I I can say that, you know, my my co-parenting experience, I think it's healthier now that we're in that we're separated their their father and I, mm-hmm. um, but we can actually be around each other. You know, I'm around his wife. We had my daughter um, celebrated her 15th birthday in August of last year. And um, we all were in the park having one big happy birthday mm-hmm. celebration for her. And it was beautiful. one big family. And it was it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. We were all there. You know, um, my kid's father, he has a wife who has a son and every Everybody was just there. Like all of us were able to just be there to celebrate what was important family. And my daughter was so happy because all of her family was there. No one was separated. No one was missing out. She didn't have to split her time between one, you know, one family to celebrate her birthday this day Mm -hmm. and that. And that's Mm -hmm. not to say that, um, that's not to say that if those are other people's options, then that that's what it wrong. should be, right. that it, there's something wrong. I mean, if that's what needs to be, that's what it needs to be. Absolutely. But healthy really is about what's best for the children. And right. if they're able to see the two people that came together to create them, be able to to interact with one another on a healthy level, that's then that's what we should strive for. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I, yeah, I got to see with people's... Um... Uh, when I when I did the IG post about it and, and people uh, messaged me or you know commented, I I got to see a brief shot of of just the range of what it could look like for some people and how they can be okay. Some people saying, you know, we we don't necessarily necessarily we can't necessarily be around each other. We we have a mutual drop off spot, um, and that's fine because what can also or what should be missing, no matter if they're allowed to come pick up a child from your home or, you know, you meet a mutual space or, you know, family intervenes to, to exchange a child and things like that. But the, the uh, lack of any tension of animosity of anger, when a parent is not around that a child gets to see, sometimes people say things to their children Mm -hmm. about the other parent, you know, things like that. There's so many opportunities. You don't have to be face to face, but it's, it's about the environment that you bring the child up in uh, almost giving opportunity for that other parent to be represented, even if they're not physically in the room. Mm-hmm. But to know that that other parent is still considered or respected or, you know, the uh, uh, the child to even feel like home is is seamless, you know, even though they it might be in two physical, two, two physically different places. Um, right. 
you know, like someone had shared how traumatic it felt for them as a child to go back and forth between their parents, they, how much they hated it. Um, mm. You know, this person is, is a full-on adult now, and, you know, and it's still the, I guess, the, the perception of it is, is still visceral, it's still real, you know, the effect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder, I wonder if, the, was it just the, the physical going back and forth from one household to the other that made it, um, that they hated the experience? No, uh, or- the, the, no they, um, they expressed that it was upset between the two parents. You know, mm. the, yeah, it was like um, that the person was saying that there was, um, I want to say it was anger from the mother talking about the father or something along those lines. It wasn't mm-hmm. just, you know, that they had to go back and forth, but specifically it was about because how, how, how intense it all was, but like how mm. um, traumatic drop-offs were, you know, and, and this was seemingly um. on a, you know, just how it was on a regular basis. Right, right. And I mean, not knowing that individual, but definitely seeing videos trending mm, um, on mm, Facebook and Instagram yep. about, you know, just yep. the exchange and it's always a fight and, you know, fathers having to record the exchange oh my because God. mothers are not, you know, and then vice versa. It's it's fighting. And yeah, and how that how that definitely can be a traumatic experience for a child. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to take responsibility, realizing that we are raising what will become adults. You know, we hope that our children will live, you know, well into adulthood. And and if we are not providing healthy foundations for them, then that's traumas that they'll have to, you know, deal with and and wrestle with as they become adults. Right, what will their relationships look like? Right. What will their relationships will look like? And, you know, I know that there were some things that happened to me as a child that made me very hesitant to become a parent. I was mm-hmm. not I was really, really concerned when I knew that I was going to become a parent because I did not believe that I was emotionally equipped mm-hmm. based upon the things that happened to me as a child. Mm-hmm. But you know, thank God that I was able to kind of work through some of that, you know, in therapy and different things like that. But, you know, but definitely that mindset of, you know, things that happen as a child, you know, definitely plays a part um, in how I am as an adult. But um, yeah, so I want to talk to or about the the parents who um, feel like they have no hope where there's no mm. um opportunity for them yeah. to you know to to co-parent um you know you you talked about even a parent who's incarcerated mm-hmm. can um be involved and can co-parent so what type of things do you think that um someone who okay I'll give you an example there's a a woman that I know that she has her children 99% of the time, mm-hmm. 365 days of the year. She has her children 352 days of the year. Wow. Um, and, you know, it's really tough in, in, in her mind because she has her children and she bears the financial responsibility, the emotional responsibility of, of raising her children. She does not believe that she is involved in a co-parenting situation, even though, you know, the father may come and take the child a few days out of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with the idea of that's, it, that's clearly not fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to go back to my initial, um, 
my own definition of it that mm-hmm. that's not fair I mean I'm assuming that those days that the parent had that the other parent has them is that doesn't even sound like it's something that's court ordered or anything seems like that's just the choice that they make right. um you know absolutely not and that's that is that's oh, that's unfortunate um I don't know that you know there's to certain there's 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 honestly you can't make somebody obviously um and you do have the court which I I personally would love if no one had to deal with the court when it came to family because I don't think they they uh always um are compassionate for the the family um Mm -hmm. emotions and all those things that courts just don't you know necessarily qualify as a reasoning but um with something like that i mean you know it if i was in that situation the only thing i could say i think any in any way that i would handle things that are difficult is just that i get through it that it you know eventually it becomes better you don't you don't even want to expend energy i guess after a certain point where you realize you're not going to get any more from a person you don't even want to expend energy to try to seek more Mm-hmm. you know unless you know you you obviously can in terms of lawyers and such but I don't know I guess that it, it that, that is not to me that's not co-parenting that's a, that scenario right mm-hmm. so that scenario is not co-parenting because not to it's me, the, no. yeah it's not fair at all so um so yeah, so this co-parenting um thought is is um is a goal that we want to have, but um it's not achievable. It may not be achievable for everyone. Um yeah. but you made a point earlier we separate from this we were having a conversation and you said um that there's an opportunity for for at least one parent who desires for this to be a goal mm-hmm. to model um, what it looks like. So how can someone um, model co-parenting? If, some, if, if it's not a concept that um, the other is used to, understands, right. um, um, has ever had it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, to that, I would say it's a matter of um, first making sure that you, you are doing your part. I guess, you know, if there's any... Uh, emotional like backlash or or a uh, conflict in that not to play um what the, the any psychological games or anything but really learning how to be the one to maintain your composure not that not 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 uh act out uh to be a stand for the process going as peaceful as possible and take whatever necessary precautions as you know is needed whether that is an attorney or mutual drop-off spots or things like that but one person who wants it just being consistent not not necessarily falling into the other person's um game so to speak or even with whatever however they are uh whatever uh, ways that they're choosing to handle it that might not be positive for co-parenting um some of the the people who reached out to me said things like you know that they want it they really want it and they try but the other person is just not coming around to it and you know I think the comments that I would the responses that I gave them were generally you keep continuing in that vein whatever it is that you're doing um continue in that way 
because either they are going to come around, either they do see that and they eventually meet you at that level or somewhere close to it. Or you know that you are the 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 parent who won't have their child grow up resenting them for bad mouthing their mother or their father constantly or you know mm-hmm. making it difficult on that end for a parent to come see them or talk to talk to them. You you make it a um you make sure that you you make it a hospitable situation and let the other person just look the fool or however they're gonna do. Um and I, I don't know, I don't really, like, I would, in certain regards, it might be almost like having to play Jedi mind tricks or, but again, it's, it's going to be a choice that you make and uh, the consequences will be what they are. So you, you work for it. I think you have to, right. and sometimes you can't even talk to the person about it. You just have to be it. You know, you have to be the stand mm. for it and act accordingly. And mm. either they will, they will get the message and they'll pick it up or they will continue to be who they are and you have to do the same. Wow. I think, um, you know, going back to your point about being patient um, with the individual, I think um, patience is with the process is important. Um, So even in the situation where someone who um, this is new for them and they're just trying to figure it out, being patient is, um, is key. So let's talk about, um, so one thing that you said was that sometimes there's the other parent who may not necessarily want it or give their all, um, in the situation, but as the parent who agrees that co-parenting is ideal and that is the goal, and you've always created the space for the other person to be invited in. You've you've created opportunities, invited them, and told them about different events that the children are having, and you know made an opportunity for the children to see the the other parent, and they haven't necessarily come through on their end. And what about the children? There's there are times when the children, even though the other parent has not been so involved. They still want to be with their, um, they still want to be with that parent. I know two people in particular, they have daughters and their daughters have wanted to live with their fathers Mm -hmm. just to have an experience. Mm -hmm. And it's been something that's been very emotional for the mothers to try to understand and and really process Mm -hmm. because they don't understand why their daughters would want to be with someone who has not made an effort to be in their life thus far. Um, Would you offer anything? Do you have anything to say to that topic or to those, those mothers? I mean, yeah, that, that one is tough. I mean, but one thing obviously is the children are coming from a different perspective when it comes to their parent. You know, like as an adult, yes, we've learned, you know, you don't let people run over you and all those sorts of things. But children, especially when it comes to a parent, that that longing is innate in them. You know, it's not mm-hmm. something that they have to be coerced in necessarily. That that's that's who they want. Um, and it's unfortunate that the parent does not respond to that because you know, how could you, how could you not if it, if it is your child, but you know, people, adults also, they're dealing with their own traumas that can keep them away. I know, you know, with, with my dad, my parents were split up since, uh, before I was, um, before I was a year, I was some months old. Um, mm. and there were periods of my life where my father was not around, um, 
for you know his own personal reasons and then he'd come back around and back and forth for the most part i will say that he's 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 done well for the distance of the relationship that we've had physical distance he's always been accessible and that sort of thing but i've still always desired to have those father-daughter days i remember even writing one of my earliest poems was about a father-daughter date um and you know, it's something my my mother, she never got in the way of that. It was, I remember, you know, my mother leaving saying, oh, your father's going to be here to pick you up. My sisters and I waiting for my father to come pick us up or whatever the case may be. I think in those situations where the fathers are not there, um, depending on, on, on how old the girls are, I would say the mothers definitely would want to not ignore it you know I hope it's not something where they either take the opportunity to you know um what's the I guess maybe for lack of a better term just badmouth the father to the daughter or mm-hmm. um ignore the situation like not address it with her if if they're of a certain age where you know your child can communicate with you that's one of my big things I love that idea of creating communication appropriate communication as children grow older because it, it'll start to morph you know and 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 the conversation will change but the atmosphere the welcoming of uh, truthful conversations authentic conversations between parents and child is so relevant that's an opportunity mm-hmm. be, so that it's not something you know for the most part I, it, it's not something that she can the daughter's a daughter would completely bottle in you know that she's able to express some things in, in some way and get it out, you know, um, or even, you know, well, hopefully, you know, there's, there's a, a village around them or a community where there are male figures that do step in or that can offer that support because I've heard so many women who talk about stepfathers or big brothers who, you know, took the place or uncles or whatever the case may be. Um, but I do hope that whatever they have to replace it, that it is something um, that gives them some peace, the daughters especially, and then the, the mothers to have the support or have the awareness that this could be something that she, the, the child may need to um, address as long as it's something that's not held on to. I mean, because obviously you can't change who the men are or what they want, um, but right. on their end as being the present parent, you can make sure that that's not a handicap for her. Um, and it, even if I think if it's something that she can articulate, uh, something that she can express as, yeah, I didn't have my father there, but or how it affected me, how it impacted me, not let it be something that um, they'll just take on emotionally and act out without even being aware that this is, you know, a response to not having that relationship. Yeah. 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 I know it's tough. It is. <laughs> we're we're definitely. I'm not sitting here like, what am I saying? I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not sounding too crazy. <laughs> but I, I, I definitely I understand and I feel for it. You know, like I said, my father was yeah. there, but I had those periods where I felt his his absence, and you know, he had his reasons for it. But even now, you know, my relationship with my father is great, and I do appreciate that my mother. You know, she stepped aside and she allowed us to have that. Um, regardless of, of, of um, their relationship status. But when a father is, is missing, um, we know that it could, you know, morph or evolve into so many other things when it comes to the life of a child, a boy and a girl, but yes, yeah. And boy yes, and a girl, yes, yeah. Parents needing mm-hmm. to be present. 
Parents need to be present. Mothers need to be present. Fathers need to Absolutely. be present. I mean, it's um, how it's, yeah. they're our next generation. They are our investment in the future. Like, how is it not that we do not take care? And I say this as a mother and as a teacher. How do we not invest in our next generation? Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes because our world is as crazy as it is, regardless of not even talking about what's going on right now, but just like in general mm-hmm. uh, and every, you know, times before, this is an in- intense place to be. We're an intense species to be a part of. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's um, the, the responsibilities that we have in front of us when we have children. I mean, you, you, there's, what can you, what can you, you don't trade it for anything in my mind. I, I can't think of um, not doing what I need to do in order to be and being, I think the desire to be a strong mother, a present mother, an effective mother pushes me to continue on with all of my other responsibilities. It's, it's such a catalyst for me. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I think, you know, in every every decision that I make, you know, my children are, um, are first and mm-hmm. foremost, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, whether it has to do with the relationships that I have with other right. people, romantic and platonic, um, whether it's career choices that yes. I make, um, you know, I need to have the flexibility to be able to say, you know, if my children have needs as they change, because my children, you know, are in that preteen and teenage yes. stage. And there are times when I need to be more present um, and I need to have the flexibility to be able to do that. And, and being present literally could be stepping away from my job and just just focusing on my mm-hmm. child. And, you know, I need to be able to do that um, and, you know give up my weekends or, you know, or things that I pursue on the weekends, you know, they have to, you know, they have to positively impact my children, you know, the things that I do, you know, even down to, um, you know, my social media, you know, that's going to impact my children. This is a social media Mm -hmm. age, my children, you know, I have teenagers and they follow me, you know, well, one does and the other does, <laughs> but, you know, on social media, but, you know, but the point that you're, the point that you're making that, you know, how can you not um, want to invest in your children? It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, um, in, in taking away what you said and bringing it back to what you said in the beginning in terms of just love and just patience, recognizing that because we are human, we are going to make mistakes and, you know, we are humans that are dealing with so much um, and recognizing that the other parent, um, whether they're active participant in their child's life or not, that they have and are going through their own yeah. stuff. When we come together and we create, you know, life, whether it be from one, you know, passionate night or whether it be, you know, years of, of relationship right. We don't take away that wherever we meet that person on their journey, there's so much more to their story that began before we even knew them. And sometimes, you know, sometimes things can trigger sometimes, you know, being a parent for me, like it helped me to kind of change a lot in the positive Mm -hmm. way. But for other, for others, um, being a parent or recognizing that there's a whole larger level of responsibility that you have can be a trigger in a negative way. It can make someone realize that I am not fit for this role. And I think, you know, being patient with the under, with the uh, individual, even though it's not fair because you now have to bear um, the burden of 
being the only responsible right. one, right? Because the parenthood is not a burden, but the burden of being the only responsible one in this case could be a lot, but just still, I, I still encourage people, anyone who who's hearing this to still be patient with the other yeah. individual and to still, you know, love them from mm. afar, even if, it's hard even if it's painful you know even if their you know their absence is is painful for their child for your child their absence can be painful from their for your child but their presence might be pain more painful whatever they are in their in their state you know being a part of their child's Mm -hmm. life in that moment could could create more damage um so just recognizing where people are and just seeing it for where it's at um, you know, the whole purpose of tonight's conversation was really just to kind of give people a sense of mm-hmm. relief, just understanding that there's no blueprint to this. There's no right or wrong answer um, other than just being fair um, in this and that, you know, there's a process because we're human and we're all going to make mistakes. No one is going to get it right 100% of the time, but um, really just hopefully people are inspired to understand that um it's a journey and as you evolve as a person you bring more to the table you're you're able to 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 bring more to this experience um as you evolve um yeah and and hopefully this conversation and you you know the things that you do on your social media and myself we can be the support that other people have in this journey if they're not be feeling supported by the other parent then maybe they have other people to reach out to to kind of say you know you're not alone I can help you process your emotions I maybe not necessarily can help you raise your child but I can help you I I can help you you know kind of navigate through the emotions and the expectations of where you're at yeah moment. considering uh mm-hmm. definitely considering a, another perspective for sure sometimes you know we think that the way that we see the, the, something is just the way that you have to look at it and a person can definitely offer you well you know maybe if you looked at it this way and then it's, it can be like that light bulb uh to hear to hear something else that you weren't expected to have that kind of support because i know it, it can seem like a dead end especially if you don't have the cooperation or whatever it might be. It, um, but like I think I mentioned in our conversation before, just um, another way to look at it, um, another way to approach it that a person might not have seen before. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I thank you for your time. I thank you for your Absolutely. insight. I appreciate um, getting I'm- in on this conversation. It, it's, I know it. This is just a, a portion of it. It can probably go on forever. There's so much about this aspect, this co-parenting, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, there definitely is, and um, and I'm I'm actually um looking to put together a part two, and hopefully getting some fathers in on this conversation, um, because uh, you know, it, it's great to hear another perspective. I think you and I, um share similar views on one side of the the spectrum where co-parenting that works um but you know it it would be helpful to kind of bring in people from you know the fathers who what they've done to kind of make it work on their end Um, and then even really to it would be amazing to hear and even kind of to give voice to people who um are making it 
work um without having the cooperation mm-hmm. um i think just you know just kind of just give them an opportunity just to really voice their opinion so you know for those of you who are listening tonight and want to you know join in please message me i'd love to give you an opportunity and a platform and we'll you know come back to the table and have a conversation because as april says this is we've only talked we've only scratched <laughs> the surface we can go on and we can go further i mean we can talk about you know you alluded to it one point generations and breaking yeah. cycles um yeah. and so we can kind of go further and deeper um but you know i just want to just say thank you so much for your honesty yeah. for your truth and You're um welcome. for anyone else who's listening we do not judge you for any anywhere that you are in mm-hmm. this journey whether you are the parent who is uh, who needs to learn how to be cooperative, <laughs> um, who, who needs to understand that, or you are the parent who needs to have a little bit more patience with the other mm-hmm. individual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we still love you and we hope that um, we have given you an opportunity just to see things a little different um, tonight. Um, so we thank you. We thank you for your time. Tune in to the next episode. Uh, We're just getting started. Um, I want you all to have an amazing evening. And remember to always come and be present to every experience as your true self. Don't hide who you are. We need to know the real you. Love you.